Warning, the following contains audio of two good friends attempting to discuss music with no qualifications whatsoever. No one asked for this, but you're going to get it. There will be shitty hot takes, terrible opinions, and impressions done poorly. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, one and all. It's us, back again. Not at the Brood Book, due to some hockey shenanigans. But you know we're here to invade your ear holes. It is another edition, my friends, of Music Maria. And also Drake. Ta-da! You know what I realized? In like the last two episodes, I had not given the name of this podcast. Like literally just went straight like straight into chatting. Really? Literally, I literally just went into like, how are you? Let's talk about life. And I was like, yeah, I was listening back and I was like, wow, I really just didn't like introduce us for like the last two weeks. <laughs> we just assumed people knew. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't know now, you know, yeah. this is us. This is our pod. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, in that case, now, how are you? <laughs> Doing well. Uh, the Flyers lost. Uh, they played a good game. You know, they've been playing hard all year, so it's like it makes the losses easier. It's not like they suck and they're also losing. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah, it's it's quite nice. But either way, I'm good. How are you? I am sleepy, more so than the usual. I did do a good bit of traveling today from Yeehaw, Texas land. Uh, Yeah, I haven't slept except for like that one sparse nap that I texted you about. So yeah, we're here. We're thriving question mark (laughs) but yeah excited to talk some music and i know this specific topic has been something that you've been very excited for for quite a long time a year strong haven't had any single repeats until today absolutely that is the truth um and i am very excited about this one because i always love giving people one side of the opeth spectrum and then the other side of it usually in this order too because usually it's easier to throw somebody into the prog rock first and then come back into the progressive death metal that they did prior to that so uh yeah this is uh the topic that we're talking about today um is a band that's dramatically changed their sound over the years and um yeah i've already said it but we're talking about at least in my case opeth uh blackwater park today which is their probably their most popular album it's their fifth album that they ever did it came out in 2001 um produced by his good friend steven wilson um yeah i mean it literally says it on wikipedia it's often considered their magnum opus um it's highly acclaimed what did all music have to say about it did they yep they gave it a five-star review so (laughs) yeah that's the album i gave you today well fantastic we'll just jump right into it then because i don't really have a mini game Partially because brain rot. So love that for me. Absolutely. Um, I did want to make a note of it. Because you can give this as much weight as you want to. Or you can not give a fuck about it at all. That's fine too. Uh, I know recently for the same reasons. You had recently hopped on over to the Apple Music side of things. Which unfortunately I had forgotten to cancel on my end. So those motherfuckers got me for a month. (laughs) I seen my receipt. They're like your receipt from Apple. And I'm like you what? You what mate? (laughs) the fuck so now i'm shy 11 dollars. Uh, thanks apple music but again the consequences of my own actions <laughs> um to, to that to that point yeah. i make that uh blackwater park was actually according to apple music the definitive opeth album as well so i think that's pretty cool when like without looking at these things beforehand 
being able to be like, yeah, like the stuff that we're suggesting to each other, this is fucking yeah, top yeah. tier. Yeah, this is the S tier of shit. Because yeah, yeah. I think I'd mentioned that in the Three Six Mafia episode that at least on Apple Music, that was like the essential album that they had given for Three Six Mafia too was most known unknown. So I was like, yeah. I do know what I'm talking about sometimes. At least Apple Music says so. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a very accurate way to put it from Apple Music because, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against this album. I know a lot of people have their personal favorites, but if you asked a lot of people what their favorite was and what album they would give somebody if they were trying to get them into Opeth, it would probably be this one 100%. Right on. And also, you'll be super proud of me. At least I hope you will. On Apple Music, like with the going to like Opeth's page, and then I can show you real quick for the people at home if you have Apple Music. If you don't, sorry about it. Um, but on the like essential album category, like obviously there's Blackwater Park, yeah. but they give you the 20th anniversary edition, yeah. not the original edition. So I almost listened to this one, and this one has some fucking bonus tracks. <laughs> and I said, You're not going to catch me today. Yeah. No, nope, it's called being coachable, yeah. but. <laughs> So I scrolled all the way to the end of the actual discography and I was like, nope, we're listening to just actual Blackwater Park, not the 20th anniversary edition. Well, not that I don't want to listen to the bonus tracks, but we've had that conversation a million two times where I was like, should I have listened to this? And really the bonus tracks were just live versions anyway. So like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, if it's just a live song, then nothing was really lost. I don't get listening to live tracks. It's, a, I guess, a hot take, like just on your in your ears, like a live track. It's like, I would just rather see it in person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I will say to my credit, too. I remember <laughs> specifically stating, like, it's just eight, eight tracks. Don't do anything else, just eight tracks. So I'm glad something uh, came back whenever you're looking at it. Exactly. I'm a good listener. Sometimes things stick with my two remaining brain cells. So I love that. Yeah. So well, I'll just go ahead and get right into it because... I love talking about some Swedes. I feel like we've established that. It's our good track record, our good friends, notably the Swedes, the the Nor Norwegians, the Norway people, Norwegians, is that the, the proper term for, for people from Norway? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were still talking about Sweden. No, I just, just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I was like, people from alternate continents, yeah, yeah. countries, are they in the same continent? Yeah. So I think they're all right next to each other. I think it's Norway. Sweden and Finland are all the Scandinavian countries and they're all in Europe. That makes sense. They all get together and they're like, hey, you want to make some rock? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So this is where like that table of the map at the brood book would come in handy. Yeah, and you know, here we are. I'm going to have to invest in one of those right. just for my own sake. <laughs> so yeah, getting into Blackwater Park. First off, just real quick. I had a quick question. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> And I elaborate because to, yes, what if I just left it at that? I was like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> there was, for this intro, a jump scare, and I was not prepared, nowhere near equipped to handle it. For the people at home, if you have not listened to Blackwater Park, which I will definitely advise that you should, but, but the opening track, which is called The Leper Affinity which I wouldn't expect any less. That's such a metal-sounding name. But yeah, this shit is so quiet for like the first 30 seconds. And I thought it was like my system because I was listening to it in my car. And so I was like, and of course I like Opeth, so of course I'm going to turn it up because I want to hear what our friend has to say. So I'm just like, and I can't hear anything. So I think it's just me. I'm like, what is happening? So I have this shit dialed up pretty quickly. And then right at the 30 mark, no warning, it just goes, Duh! and I'm like, holy shit. 
what the fuck? I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was not prepared. Well, you have now learned a very valuable lesson in heavy metal to never trust the soft opening ever at any point because that happens a lot where they have like a soft little acoustic or like a soft little intro and then they'll just blast in your face. And if you think that one's bad, there's one off a uh, ghost referees called Go- ghost reveries excuse me uh called ghost the perdition which it's like eight seconds and it's just this light little riff and then he is just growling immediately it's ridiculous it's terrifying (laughs) well now i know you think that like after doing this for a year i would i would know better you after we just talked about me being coachable clearly not (laughs) clearly not so yeah um did enjoy that though once i got my legs underneath me and got to you know quit from having a goddamn stroke (laughs) it was fine um yeah i really enjoyed it thought it was a really great intro to the album and i have to ask just from like the first impression speaking of like the difference in tone and presentation and stuff like this was this definitely like you said like more death metal leaning more like growly aggressive because like in in cotta venom I probably butchered that. The album from Opeth that we talked about previously, I definitely thought it was like a little bit more melodic, a definitely a little bit more epic. And this one is just more like, is that, is that accurate to say? Yeah, that would be accurate to say. I mean, that's the, the biggest thing was when he, uh, it was 2011, 2010, the first album that he did in the new era, which was in Cod of Um was called Heritage. And he was like, I'm just, I'm bored with doing death metal. Like he just, he did it. And he was just tired of it. And I actually really applauded him for it because it's like, yeah, he did do it. He did it better than a lot of death metal bands do. So, um, yeah, he was just like, I'm taking growls away. I'm just singing at this point. He still does growling songs live because, I mean, I feel like if he wouldn't, he'd probably lose his growl, which would be a shame because his growl is the best I've ever heard, which is a double-edged sword because I like the new era of Opeth, but I love his growl so much too. So it's like, it's good and bad. Um, But it's like, they also have like, nine albums prior that are death metal so anytime i get the craving i can just go back and listen to those albums too heck yeah and um i did state off the record that i was gonna put on my producer hat today so we don't get too long-winded because drake has to go touch grass and be a person how dare him even though you just said that i, I do have a question for you about the first track i know you're a solo person what do you think of that solo ending the song because i that's probably my favorite solo of all time personally oh absolutely that's actually what i was gonna get to oh, next perfect. yeah no we're on the same page there absolutely because i do love a good solo and there's tons of them on this album not just like even in that beginning song but yeah definitely have that in my notes great solo but two questions for myself again without getting too long-winded or off track here because one of them is really going to bother me and I've been thinking about this for a while I don't think it has anything to do with our current conversation but if I don't ask now I'm going to forget and then it's going to keep bothering me uh we talk about like rock and metal and all these other adjacent genres that aren't really anything like each other and i feel like it's a disservice to kind of like lump them all in one generalization and i've recently come across this and i wonder it's okay if you don't have like an answer for it right now but the difference between like metal and metal core when describing something what are the the two things that separate each other because i've seen them used but i don't feel like they're interchangeable i feel like that's inaccurate yeah they're definitely not um so metalcore is actually like a bastardization of melodic death metal, which of course was from Sweden. <laughs> um, uh, the Swedes created it with At the Gates, In Flames, and Dark Tranquility, which I'd like to get to probably any of those bands at some point in the near future. Um, and yeah, so that's... I 
I still don't understand like what the terms exactly mean. Like if I had to define what metalcore meant exactly, I have no idea. But I know what metalcore sounds like, and it sounds like you know, Bring Me the Horizon and bands like that and stuff like that. So it's like, but I just don't know what metalcore means together as one word. Um, but I know what it sounds like. It's very melodic riffs, and it's a lot like melodic death metal, where it has the screaming and the singing. Uh, as I mentioned, melodic riffs, but. Um, yeah, metal is metal is barely even a genre in my opinion. It's basically just an overarching thing, um, because like the, the album we're talking about today is progressive death metal in my opinion, which is you know three down. It's the grandson of metal essentially. So it's like that's the I guess confusing part of metal, but I actually really like it because um, I know what I'm getting into when I hear about metal bands. Because if somebody is like, what's a genre I hate? I don't really care for thrash metal a lot. So if somebody's like, this is thrash metal, then I'm going to be like, okay, I'm probably not going to get into it. So yeah, it makes it easier for me personally. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining that. I think it could be a fun mini game one of these days to like, because I feel like you always do the mini games. So I feel like we could turn the tables here, okay. have me do the mini game one of these days where like you give me a genre within like the overarching umbrella of metal okay. and try to be like, what band is this genre? And I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, and watch me just get all of them horribly wrong. I think that'd be hilarious. And I'd piss off so many people. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, thrash metal? Definitely, you know, poison. <laughs> I love Brett Michaels. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, great, great guy. Um, but yeah, thanks for answering that. And then secondly, what was my second question? Hmm. I guess I don't remember what my second question was. Probably wasn't as important as the medical question. But moving on. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're definitely in it once we get past the jump scare, once we get past the leper affinity. But if I remember correctly, and maybe I don't, because I was looking for the notes that I took on the last Opeth album, because like I have one singular like notes file on my phone from like everything we've ever done. But apparently, it starts with Coheed and Cambria. So I don't know where the notes for the last Opeth thing went. I was gonna try and compare them, yeah. but in any case. I was wondering if maybe I had the same sentiment from the last one where I was like, I like almost everything on this album where like everything that follows becomes my new favorite. I feel like I had that same experience with here. And I don't know if it's because I'm biased because I have heard these gentlemen before, yeah. but even with like the different style, because I can definitely note the difference. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing. Like I can be like, oh, this is different and more growly and punchy and aggressive and almost heavy, yeah. if I can use that interchangeably, than before. Because like I do agree that like Incada Venom was very melodic and very epic and definitely, they definitely didn't like skip on the length though with no. this one so that was the the remaining presence i was like oh yeah, yeah. it's been a minute since i heard a good 10 minutes off <laughs> right. welcome back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so bleak i really enjoyed that just from like his vocals on that one specifically and then going into harvest i was like no fuck i like this one better <laughs> yeah. and i put because that one's like a little bit more of like a a dip because it's like heavy, 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 heavy. And we get to harvest and it's like slow and nice. And he's like, I got sensitive feelings too, even though this is death metal. I love a man with variety. <laughs> I'm actually glad you brought that up. That's one of my favorite things about this album is I think the flow is very strong on it. Like it starts out real hard and then it comes down with harvest. And then like, I don't want to take anything away from the 
what you're going to discuss, but like the rest of the album, like Drapery Falls picks it back up a little bit. Funeral Portrait keeps going. It's just, it's really good stuff. Yeah, them, you know, all of these folks from Opeth are storytellers. Yeah. And I love that for them. So yeah, definitely going into Harvest, my notes, generally my brain dumps as we do. I uh, put beautiful, gentle, a departure. It's given farm market. <laughs> Farmer's market. <laughs> like we're taking a stroll. Fall voyage. Maple pancakes. <laughs> That's the aesthetic, but like metal, (laughs) but make it metal. (laughs) Um, But yeah, going into Drapery Falls again, I was like, God damn it. This one's my favorite. It just kept going. Yeah, just his vocals, the instrumentation, all of it. Like he does like, I don't even know if you can call it like a call and response type of deal, like in the refrain from the chorus. I think that's really good. And it was just like had such like a haunting appeal to it, but it was still heavy. And I was like, holy shit, this would sound really good with some echo. Like so if somebody just add like an echo to that specific part, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, man, that would fuck. That would I, I definitely would petition for somebody to make that. 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. And then I just put holy shit. Very easy to get into. And I do like because I feel like I'm going to make myself sound like a hypocrite in episodes to come or episodes that I've done before where it's like I've struggled with the idea of if I like like the growling aesthetic or not because like in certain type of genres like either like a hypocrisy or stuff like that I feel like it can be a little too heavy or like not even just in lyrics either but just I think the presentation or just the sound of it can be a little bit too heavy and I'm like eh, that's not my thing but then when I heard our good friend here do it I was like well maybe I do like it so I think what I came to is basically to say that I like the screamy growl aggressiveness in moderation. I think if somebody's doing it the entire time, that's kind of where they can lose me. And I feel like he does a really good job where he can like do that and then he can get into like the harmonics and actually do like the sing song. And it sounds really nice too. And perfect. That actually, that we came back to my second question. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we got there. <laughs> uh, you had mentioned that sometimes he still does the growl on tour because he can lose his growl is that something that happens like it's not just like riding a bike like you just don't do it for a while and then you want to bust it out and you like rip a vocal cord i would have to imagine so like i feel like it wouldn't be any different right because if you're doing it for god damn these guys have been around for like 24 years something like that so it's like after doing it for so long and then just stopping doing it like i just feel like you'd lose it i mean you'd probably still have it but like you said i feel like it would just be rough and it would be hard to get it back and I feel like you would have to. I don't know. Maybe that's just mumbo jumbo on my part, but I just feel like you would have to lose it if you don't use it, right? Yeah, I mean, that tracks. Like, I'm no expert in anatomy or fucking how bodies work, but I I imagine, like, vocal holes are like muscles, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, and if you don't use them, then you lose them. So, yeah, keep on growling. (laughs) That's the moral of that story. I'm glad we got there. I actually wanted to make one more point, too, on the growling. There's actually a reason I've given you the bands that I have with the growling to this point, because... I agree with you. I think too much growling takes me out of it too. Because like death metal, I don't really get into it all, honestly. But again, this is progressive death metal, which is different from death metal. So um, yeah, and like one of the things that I love about Michael Lockerfeld, uh, D. Randall Bly from last week, uh, Lamb of God, I think that was last week. Um, they're all very clear. You can like understand what they're saying. It's like a really nice deep growl. It's not just like raspy or too screamy or anything like that so there is a reason i have given you these guys um 
to try and ease you into it. So I'm glad it has worked at least to this point. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. And I think too, it's just been a very interesting journey on my own to see like what I like and what I don't like. Cause like, I definitely trust your judgment and all these things. Cause I'm like, you're the, the expert here on our renowned astute pod. Hello. Yes. He's doing a, a princess wave, <laughs> but yeah. So like, there's never been a point where I'm like, man, Drake doesn't know what he's talking about. This shit sucks. Like, <laughs> like, no, it's definitely been like, I enjoy this, but like finding my own reasons for enjoyment, I think has been really fun as well. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Um, yeah. Moral of the story. I think that this album had, again, going back to the point of like Apple Music kind of having its own merits of all of these songs flowed together really well to where if Apple Music did not tell me when a new song was starting, I would have definitely thought that this whole album was just like one giant concrete piece. Like that's how well it flowed together. Like going back to your comment of like the peaks and the valleys and how everything kind of flowed into each other from one song to the next. I was like, man, this is great. I'm having a really great and enjoyable time. But again, shout out to Apple Music for telling me this is a new song. And this is because I wouldn't have known like, oh, because it's basically like at least for, let's see, Dirge for November. That's kind of where I had that, where it's like it gives you like that false sense of security. It's very calm, very nice. And I put those chords are on point. (laughs) But yeah, it really just flowed to like getting you towards the end of the album. Because that is kind of towards the latter half of the track list. And it really got you prepared for like, okay, we're getting ready to wrap this up. But like not in a bad way. It was, again, back to that sense of completion and feeling really nice. And yeah, I just enjoyed this all together. So definitely can say that listening to the two projects comparatively, I'm still a fan. And I think that's like the root of it, which I think is really nice to know. Like, despite the change in sound or presentation, I think just fundamentally I enjoy them as a band. And that was kind of like the confirmation with this and these two. So thanks. I'm glad you really enjoyed it. And I have one parting question here. I always like to ask this. Do you have like a favorite between the two? Like if you had to pick one. Ooh, that's tough. This is very tough. I think just for my own preference i would probably still go with incada venenum but yeah it it's definitely doesn't lead to say that i dislike this by any means yeah so i would definitely suggest anybody to listen to these two albums comparatively and if you enjoy both i think again that would be confirmation for them too like that you, it's not just like a one-off like oh i just happen to like them when they sound like this no i just like the way they sound and i support them in all their endeavors <laughs> yeah i was i was just curious because you have the total outside perspective on this one. When they changed their sound to Heritage back in 2011, eh, oh man, there was just so much hate towards it. Like everybody just hated it because they were like, we just want the growl back. We want the death metal back. And it's like, they got over it, I think, at this point. But um, yeah, I was just very curious from an outside perspective how you felt like between the two of them, um, especially given, because I, I forgot about this too. It's a completely different lineup from this album to the new, or the, the Incada Venom, uh, besides Michael Ockerfeld, he's the only constant on it because, yeah, this is the classic lineup of Blackwater Park, which is Martin Lopez on drums, Martin Mendez on bass, which, <laughs> god damn it, why do these metal bands have so many of the same first names? It's ridiculous. Um, Peter Lindgren on the guitar, and then on the Incada Venom, it was Martin Axenrod on the drums. Oh, I'm losing it. Frederick Atkinson on the guitar. I'm trying to see if I can't get this bass on memory. Oh, Martin Mendez is still on the bass, or in the band as the bass player. And then they have Joaquin 
Svalberg or something like that on the keyboard. So hell yeah, look at you, big brain. I seen you working for it. I was like, you got it, you got it. Hell yeah. So yeah, moral of the story: Opeth loves a good Martin <laughs> in any iteration. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that. All right, friends. It's time for Drake's part of the episode. And I will do my very best, because I know what the specific topic, as the self-appointed local chapter of the Colson Defense Squad, <laughs> every living, dying breath is defending this man. I will go to my grave defending this man. Yeah, we're talking about Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> we're talking about Tickets to My Downfall, his pop punk album that he came out with in 2020. Too much shock, awe, dismay, everything in between. Everyone's got a goddamn opinion yeah. about this man, about this band in any same way or fashion. But I think that this was definitely without like grandiosing, grandiosing, gratifying, romanticizing, grandizing. Yeah, we got there without doing that too much. I definitely believe this was like a cultural reset, if I may say so, for like the genre of pop punk as we know it, because it's kind of been a little uh, not me talking like i'm the authority on pop punk knowing that i also got into pop punk because of machine gun kelly i'm one of those people uh but i do think that it definitely advanced the genre i think it contributed positively to the genre i'm not gonna say that you know anything again too grandiose but i definitely think it kind of elevated the genre and kind of yeah travis barker's on drums yeah I, i guess before we get into it to kind of establish the differences Aside from the obvious, I believe, to my knowledge, at least from like watching all the documentaries, because all the way up until a certain amount of time, I believe it was up until his album Bloom, he had a vlog on YouTube called Kelly Vision. And he basically started that vlog like right when he was trying to get famous, like he wasn't even famous yet. And he was making these vlogs on YouTube. So like being able to go back and see that entire journey up until that point. Yeah, it's very wholesome. So. As far as I know, uh, I can't remember when he got his band, but even when he was just doing rap stuff, he always had a band like behind him. So I think that's really cool. So I guess as we know it today, Machine Gun Kelly isn't just him, the face, Machine Gun Kelly, but Machine Gun Kelly is the collective band. So like now when he's on tour, he'll announce them in total as Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, so that's really nice. He's He always makes it a point to say, we are Machine Gun Kelly, not I am Machine Gun Kelly. Of course, people just know him figuratively as Machine Gun Kelly. But um, as you just, you know, introduced all the members of Opeth, it would be my pleasure to kind of introduce you to the members of the band. Uh, Travis Barker is not an official member of Machine Gun Kelly. He just did the drums for this album. But for the actual lineup of Machine Gun Kelly on tour, we have Rook on drums. It's just Rook. Rook on drums. We have Justin, who's on guitar. And we got Slim on keys. Slim double X. What's up? We got Bays on bass. Yeah, he's fun. And then recently for the mainstream sellout album, which is the second pop puck album, they introduced another guitarist and her name is Sophie Lloyd. She fucking kicks ass. Definitely go look into her. She does like metal riffs and stuff like that. She fucking kicks ass. Hell yeah. So... Actually, you know what? I think I have seen her once before. That name sounds familiar when you said she does metal stuff. I'm like, I have to have seen at least one video of her 
because I, I remember Machine Gun Kelly being attached to a guitar video I've watched in the past. So that's that's probably who it was. Yeah, she went viral a couple of years ago just from those sick riffs. Just like, yeah. like I know what I'm talking about. Like, she's so sick, bro. But definitely, Drake is going to Google her right now. And I'm sure once you see her face, you'll be familiar. But yeah, he added her to the band for the mainstream sellout album. She's great. I love her. And I just love this band in totality because I think they also add... Because he, of course, you know, plays instruments as well. He plays guitar. He sings. He does this. But the fact that he also has his own band, I think that's pretty kick-ass. So uh, with this first venture into Tickets to My Downfall, after listening to Hotel Diablo, yeah, yeah just be interested to hear what you thought. Because, again, everyone had an opinion which way or the other about this project. So, hell yeah. All right. Yeah, I am very excited to talk about this album. I, w- <laughs> I wanted to say, first off, when you told me uh, the, the song title track last week, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the song called Tickets to My Downfall. No, the song is literally called Title Track. And I <laughs> I chuckled when I first read it. I was like, oh, it's literally called Title Track because normally the title track is just the, the title of the album. But no, that got me good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the song, both lyrically and musically, I thought was really good. And I enjoyed, um, <laughs> it doesn't have the same punches uh, leper affinity might after coming out of a softer intro <laughs> but i do enjoy coming from a softer intro because it was like that acoustic clean sounding electric guitar because it's not an acoustic guitar i see it played a lot in metal um it's i don't know how they do it either like it's just a guitar that is made into a, an acoustic sounding clean guitar it's very neat i like it a lot but then it goes into like the pop punk side of it which is really cool i enjoy that a lot Drunk Face was the next song that I had uh, wrote down here because there were like warring vocals at the end of the song that I really enjoyed between like Machine Gun Kelly just recording like two separate type of things going at each other. Like that reminded me a lot of just how a lot of rock songs would end in a way. And that's not to discredit it. I really liked it a lot. That's more of like one of those things where it's like, you know, we talked about John Cena and he does a rap album and it's like, you don't really know if he's just doing it for the fuck of it or like he's just he's actually wanting to do it. And that makes me believe that, you know, Machine Gun Kelly wants to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's really cool because it's like, he knows what works in the genre. He knows what doesn't work in the genre as opposed to people just want to do it for the sake of it. And then it just doesn't sound good. And, and it's like, why'd you do it at all? Yeah, no, I'm really glad that you made that point. Thank you for that. Cause you are as well coming in from like an outside perspective. I think it can be very easy to kind of fall into the general opinion about things especially like when it's when it's cool to hate on things or because other people don't like it like that was definitely a, a main criticism that he got not just from this album but from mainstream cello is that a lot of people for whatever reason thought that he didn't belong in this space or that he was just being a poser in this space or he was just kind of like a visitor in this space but really he's been a fan of rock his entire life like if anybody knows anything about his discography which of course like I'm not gonna shade on anybody for not listening to every single project of his in the history of the world but on his literally on his very first album not even counting his mixtapes but his very first album the very first song on his very first album was featuring a rock artist which was none other than m shadows from avenge Sevenfold. back again on this podcast the lingering ghost <laughs> and then yeah just like yeah basically t- to say oh, i just want to say it was lingering shadow it was right there <laughs> god damn it <laughs> but um t- t- no i'm glad you made that point thank you <laughs> but yeah it's just very much like again people 
choosing to be ignorant versus actually seeing things for what they are. Like, again, just with these little things, I definitely feel like this was a love letter to rock, but we're not here for what I think because we already know what I think. Continue. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I enjoy hearing you talk about your love of an artist. So the next song, I believe it's the next song right after it. Yes. It, no, it's the second song after it. It's called uh, Forget Me Too is probably my favorite on the whole album, honestly. Um, and you can go listen to that now if you want to. It is featuring Halsey, which I've heard a lot about. I've heard a lot about her as a singer. I don't know that I've ever heard a song that she was in or that she's done. And she has an amazing voice. I was very happy with that. And it's just the way the song was structured. Because if I remember correctly, it was verse chorus for Machine Gun Kelly. And I believe it was verse chorus for Halsey. And then they both do the bridge. And then they both do the final chorus, which I thought was really cool. Because if there's one thing that I hate... It's a useless guest spot on songs. They happen a lot in heavy metal. They come in and they do like backing vocals. And I'm like, why did you show up? This didn't add anything to the song. I didn't want that at all. Um, So I was really happy when um, she had such a large part in it. She did such a good job. Yeah, I was was really into that song. They did a really good job with that one. (laughs) Um, It was fun to hear uh, Pete back. What song was that? Kevin and Barracuda, I think, is the song. Yeah, I was gonna say because you're you're aware of Pete. He's back again. He did the interlude in, in Hotel Diablo, and he was like, "This shit isn't fucking funny. I fucking suck." <laughs> so he's back again, and you'd be happy to know if you ever did listen to Mainstream Sellout, he's also on the interlude on that too. So if there's anything you can count on. It's Pete Davidson being on the interlude. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was fun. I, it w- it also got me again with the sound effect at first with the phone call. Because, of course, after I get used to it a couple of times, I just know it's a part of the song. When I hear it the first time, I'm just like, who's calling me? I'm driving. I'm at work right now. It gets me every time. These rap sound effects are just, they're they're insane. But (laughs) it was fun to hear him back. And I believe it's the next song. Yeah, it's called Concert for Aliens, which has a link to, I guess, their own song page. So I guess that was one of the singles on it. And that makes sense because the chorus in that song is probably the catchiest of the whole album in my opinion they did a super good job on it and then the next song after that which features black bear called my ex's best friend i think has the most like tendrils connecting it to the prior album that i listened to hotel diablo and i just figured while i was here talking about like what connected the albums and what made them different i think it's um interesting that like i'm sure you had the same experience with opeth too it's like no matter how much it did change there's still like that core of what makes him him felt that in this album i feel that for the opeth album too where it's like lyrically it's still very similar even though it's more of like an upbeat tone it's still like very much like the you know sad or depressing stuff that he is going through in his life and yeah i just i thought it was really cool as well that he was kind of coming into it from a uh, a different standpoint as well like he hasn't done this his whole life like as you said he's he's loved rock his whole life but like it's kind of like when you get an actor who's never acted in their life and like they don't have the bad habits of the other actors. Like I think, like you said, like the cultural impact of it, like I feel like he had like a fresh take on it as opposed to most people coming in from, you know, like a, a rapper um, doing pop punk. It was really cool to see like his take on it as much as it is cool to see Michael Ackerfeld be like, I'm just going to do prog rock, you know, just for no reason. And just seeing what he does and what he is inspired by and what he makes it and like his own mark. So yeah, I just, I think it's very interesting that it's like, it did change a lot. Like it's pop punk compared to rap. So it's a huge difference, but like 
it's still very much him, which I think is really cool. And then the last song, um, there's a part in it. What is the last song called here? Play this when I'm gone. There's a, a moment where he says the phrase, it's all right. And the way he phrased it and like the way he enunciated it, it sounded like something I'd heard in the past. Do you know what that might be at all? Or am I just losing my mind? I'm wondering. Because I don't think there's anything on Hotel Diablo that would have the correlation to it. Hmm. I don't know. Not anything I can think off the top of my head. But yeah, that song is very sad. It makes me very sad. I'll give you the context of that song just so you can be sad. Um. Of course, like it's it's notably that, you know, he has his bouts with like depression and anxiety and, you know, I'm sure not being like a welcome face on mainstream media can definitely affect your mental health. Definitely, you know, and so he's also had like notable issues with like drug abuse and addiction and stuff like that. And when he was in the process of like writing this album and stuff like that, of course, he was going through his own demons. And this was something he had mentioned in an interview. And the thing that I also love about Machine Gun Kelly without getting too much into a tangent is that he is so willing to be innately vulnerable and like real and raw about what's going on with him at like any point in time. And I think that is so refreshing in regards to like how people present themselves in the media. Like oftentimes I feel like people can be very fake or like try to lead you on to like, oh, my life is great and everything is great. And he's like, no, fuck you. My life isn't great. It's actually kind of terrible. And so on the interview that he was doing, uh, he was talking about going through like a really tough time with anxiety and it was really kind of eating him alive, which I'm sure he mentioned in the lyrics on that song. But he actually had wrote that song down, the lyrics to it, like on a napkin because he was going through a really bad bout of addiction. And it was in that moment where he genuinely felt like he was overdosing and he like felt like he was actually like dying in that moment. And so that's like really powerful. And he so he was like, shit, the last thing I want to do on this earth, if I actually am dying right now, is I want to write this for my daughter. So that song specifically is for his daughter. And so like, it's just so powerful. I weeped when I heard that. And now like, especially having that context, every time I hear it, I'm like, and so yeah, I'm just He's never going to hear this in this in, in this life. But I'm just I'm glad that he's still here. You know, I'm glad that he's still doing his thing. So have that sadness. Have that heaviness. <laughs> that is super sad. That actually reminds me of when I sent you because I was listening to a Swallow the Sun album, which I don't. Did we discuss it on here? I don't think so yet. That's a really good album. Very, very sad album. And there is a moment where I knew the album was sad, but I didn't know what the album was about. <laughs> And it's about the guitar player's wife who died prematurely from cancer. And I was like, oh no, like that's just even sadder now. I'm like, oh my God, it's a super dark album. But to pull it back to Machine Gun Kelly, that song is great. Uh, now that I know like the other side of it too, that makes it even, I hate to say better, but like, you know, having that like really distinct raw feeling towards it makes the songs, it does make them better. It makes them, it makes you feel more. So it's just... It was a good closer, and I think the opener is really good too. And that's one thing that I think is really not underrated on it. I think it's true for anything that an entertainer does. <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> is having a good opener and a good closer. A wrestling show is a great example of it. I think an album is the second best example of it because if you leave me on bad terms, then I, I might not come back for the next one. If you don't start out well, then you're uphill climb the whole way so i think he did a really good job on that heck yeah well thanks for your time this goes without saying i feel like i would be amiss if i didn't talk about this because i feel like i touched on it in hotel diablo but now that you have the full context of like hotel diablo too i keep pointing to my hotel diablo artwork because i have we're recording in my house i have actually yeah i'm like he's everywhere (laughs) you can't escape him but 
yeah, now that you have the context of both projects and kind of how they mirrored each other and their similarities and their differences, you can now especially see how it's bullshit when people say that he got run out of rap and that's why he went to pop punk. And like that is the thing that always gets my gears every goddamn time. They're like, oh, he doesn't rap anymore because this shitty beef that happened fucking seven years ago that literally nobody cares about. Like they're both thriving. They're both doing their things. And now that you're able to kind of take these two projects in totality, it's just so fucking dumb. And I don't to to this day. I'm like, why do people say that? Is it the cool thing to say? I don't know. But it's just like objectively, he did pop punk because he wants to do pop punk. He's going to come out with a rap album this year because he wants to do rap. He didn't you don't switch genres because somebody made you switch genres or because like you're any less successful in any genre. Like it's possible just to be good at two things. And so, yeah, that's my soapbox for the day. I kept it to a minimum. Be proud of me. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Thanks for your time. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we had a, uh, very good discussion on music today um next week we will be talking about albums that get better with uh each listen that we have um and i had created this one because as it always is for me i'll listen to an album or a band and i'm like how do i integrate this because i want to talk about these guys so much um i actually saw them a year ago yeah almost a year ago to the day in juliet uh they're a band called flesh god apocalypse uh, they're amazing, um, and the album is called Labyrinth, and it's it's not my favorite album yet, but it keeps getting better, so it's like it might be someday, but yeah, every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is just great, like, there's always something that pops out at me that's just really cool, so yeah, that's the one I'm giving you. Heck yeah, really excited, because I know you've been itching at the, the bit to give me these gentlemen, and I feel like we've touched on them, but we never really had a whole episode devoted to them, so yeah, I'm very excited to give that to you, and then for my end of the spectrum here, I decided to give Drake the Black album, not by Metallica, but by Jay-Z, New York native, Mr. Beyonce, (laughs) Knowles Carter. (laughs) As I told Drake, I was like, this is himself in live and living color. Um, And then also for silly goofy time, I also gave Drake a small bit of extra credit if you wanted to which is the collision course ep between jay-z and lincoln park which i'm pretty sure i didn't have to you know yank his teeth out to to listen to that again so yeah we'll be talking about those next week come on back join us have ourselves a silly goofy time and for now love yourself love the planet we'll talk to you soon Bye bye